This episode is brought to you by Fresh Clean Teas. Fresh Clean Teas is your source for premium teas, tanks, sweatshirts, and more. Discover why our customers call us the best wardrobe decision they've ever made. And guys, these shirts are so hot. You need to get them for yourself. And if you use our code DIRTYPLAYS at checkout, you'll get 15% off. One, five, 15% off. That's www.freshcleantees.com. We all have some, and they're badass. Take it from us, freshcleantees.com. Use the code DIRTYPLAYS at checkout. Save yourself 15%. Freshcleantees.com. my house all the time just to get coronavirus yeah dude yeah sam had fucking out of towners in his house i went to the cabana went to 13 below i partied it up man i went to cabana today i actually didn't go to cabana i ordered cabana to go and then picked it up and took it to 13 below which was a genius idea because the cabana is a madhouse and 13 below was really chill i love 13 below minus the shit view (laughs) yeah yeah it's the only backyard looks like crap it looks like the it looks like cleaves did were you guys on discord at all today no and did you guys know that uh, nick lucan bought a three thousand dollar watch what oh you take a second mortgage out nick i didn't freaking buy a three thousand dollar watch josh told me to buy a thirty thousand dollar watch mm-hmm. all right well welcome to dirty plays i'm here with my good friends as always richard say hello dude whatever all right nick wow dude all right now sam you don't know me i'm not doing that shit <laughs> all right well looks like the world of sports are finally coming back today was a big day it was huge. Uh, apparently, Orlando is going to be Sports Island. So I didn't look into that at all. You kept texting us throughout the day saying, yeah, we're, we would say the MLS is coming back, Serie is coming back, this and that's coming back, NBA. And then you kept saying Orlando. And I didn't look into it. And I'm like, what the fuck is Orlando doing? So what, what did you mean by that? I think... I, I don't know about the NBA, but I think... Uh, the NBA and the MLS are playing basically all of their games in Orlando. Yeah, I think the MLS is going to use like the Disney Sports Complex and do like a tournament-type situation with the whole league. And it sounds like Disney. the NBA is doing that Champion League-style tournament with 22 teams. So I don't think the whole league, I think based on standings where they were at at the end of the season i think i saw it was 13 west coast teams and nine east coast teams are going to come together for uh this tournament they're setting up but both of them are planned to be in orlando no fans and basically just the teams live there and compete in these tournaments so what you're telling me is that there's no longer a safe place in vermont there's a safe place in Orlando, Florida. I mean, Disney's always safe. Yeah. It's the happiest place on earth, asshole. <laughs> oh, my bad. Dude, I don't know if I'd characterize anything in Florida as the happiest anything, but yeah, I guess, I guess that's where they're going to do it. Um, the oldest place on earth. Well, part of me thinks that like, because it would be at these Disney facilities and Disney owns ESPN or, yeah, I guess it's Disney owns ESPN that like it'll make it easier to broadcast games because ESPN's got the NBA and MLS rights, I believe. Is that correct? Like both of them air on ESPN. What is um, it? The NBA has a lot of stuff on like TNT and TBS. Um, They do have occasional games on ESPN, like headliner games, but yeah. Can we just agree that Disney owns just about everything, though? Pretty much, yeah. Hey, real quick, our friend Josh from Slayer Bites, 
He keeps trying to shake me by uh, sending messages during our recording on Discord. So can we uh, give a uh, nice fuck you, Josh, on three? Oh, absolutely. One, two, three. Fuck you, fuck Josh. Hey, you, Josh. Josh, fuck off. Wait, wait. I, I'm I'm so glad that we did that right at 417. It just kind of worked out perfectly. I hope that's how that. I hope wow. that that was just how it was planned. But all the also, who the fuck is Josh? Who the fuck is Joda, mate? There it is. I know that guy. His name's Joda. He's from Slayer Bites. He's in our friendly podcast. Friendly in quotations. Quotations. He, he tried mean, to sell me a three thousand. He's a part of Ryan's today. podcast. I'm not that. Just rich. kidding, Joda. I love you. Yeah, he's he sold Nick a three thousand dollar watch today. Nick's got it like that. I once seen Nick put a thousand dollars on a uh, a roulette table. It was only five hundred. I walked away a with a thousand. Turned into a thousand though, didn't it? Nobody needed to know Ooh, that. Yeah. Did it? Did you win? I won. He won the first week. What <laughs> I happened, won. The second week, Nick. Uh, the second week, I put three hundred dollars on the table and walked away with nine hundred so what the fuck I lost. i've lost a couple times since then but i've never made that size bet since then so just goes to show you can't listen to what kyle says that's an absolute truth yep mm-hmm. so i mean how do you guys feel about these things like i'm really like not feeling the nba proposal because their scheduled date for the final game, if it goes to a game seven, would be October 12th. And that's basically right when they would be starting next season. So, um, so here's what I'm so thinking. I think, Nick. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I just think that pushing next season is just a recipe for disaster. Like these guys are used to a four or five month layoff. They're used to long training camps. Like if we start next season, next February, like it'll never end. We're always going to basically what I'm saying is we're going to have to get used to a change in the schedule of sports. So I think they can eventually figure it out. They can kind of eventually get it back to where it is. You're going to it's going to be goofy this year and it could be goofy next year, but you could find a way to abbreviate things and people aren't going to be upset about it because they just want sports back. But you could find a way to get things back to normal over the next two years. I think you could. I I think there might be a couple of things at play here. One. If I know anything about corporate America, it's I'd rather have a, a nickel today than a dime tomorrow. So they're they're just worried about revenue uh, and getting revenue as quickly as possible. So I think that plays a part into it is like I'd rather get the short term benefit, even if it's going to fuck something up long term. I also kind of think that the leagues may recognize that like they don't know how the winter is going to look like none of us know, you know, if this is going to behave like the seasonal flu, are we going to get a big spike? If any past pandemics have, you know, can be used as a guide, like the first year of the Spanish flu was nothing compared to the second winter. So part of it could be like, Hey, they just want to get something in and they'll figure that out later. But I do worry about that, Nick. Like, I I would rather have pure seasons and just write off this year. Like, I I like the idea of the tournament, but if it's going to fuck up next season, I'd honestly rather have next season intact if you were to give me a choice. Now, I wonder about whether the leagues might actually want to change their season. There's kind of been a lot of talk in MLS, like, lining them up with the regular European season so they're on the same page as the rest of the world soccer, basically. So they don't have to take a break during the summer for World Cups, other summer tournaments. A lot of major U.S. players are going abroad now. So getting the MLS lined up with the start of European soccer 
kind of makes a lot of sense. As far as the uh, NBA is concerned, maybe they just want to move to like a spring to fall schedule so they don't have to deal with football competition. Yeah, I mean, I I can say on the MLS side, I get the logic behind that. But as a season ticket holder to one of their teams, the idea of replacing my summer nights, drinking beer outside, watching the game versus like 10 degrees and shitty in Cincinnati. I disagree with you here. No, I disagree with you on that. Yeah, I hate going to any sporting events sweating head to toe because I'm a heavy sweater. Hey, Eric. Eric, cool box seats, dude. Well, that, that's one of the reasons why I go so much because I'm, I'm in, yeah, at the Red Stadium, I'm in the box. But I would much rather be bundled up head to toe than sweating in a t shirt. I mean, a lot of kickoffs are in the evening. It's not that hot in the evening. I, I do Doesn't agree matter. with like a one o'clock or a three o'clock game, but I don't know. Give me the summer games over the winter games any day. I'm a sweaty freak. I can't handle it. We so built a dome. Can, can we talk up? Can we talk about the immediate future though? Because all these sports are saying that they're coming back. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the fall and the winter? Just so we've been deprived without sports for what 11, 12 weeks now. So it's close to three months. Can you imagine all these sports thrown together at once? It's like you, you put, you put hockey, you put NBA, NFL is going to start. Hopefully baseball comes back. You get European soccer. You get MLS soccer. Can you imagine having that from, say, potentially the end of July all the way to the end of the year? Like, they're, they're going to jam-pack all these sports into the end of 2020, potentially. Uh, and, and hopefully, it, it's going to be like a sports overload. And I couldn't right, be more excited to, to see all of it happen. Correct. I mean, there's some sports that have come back and, and I've enjoyed watching them, but I've, none of, none of the things that I, none of the teams that I love have come back yet. And I can't wait to just sit down and drink a beer, do absolutely nothing and stare at the TV for hours on end. I, I'm going to take a contrary opinion here. I, it almost gives me a panic attack thinking about it just because mm. it's just going to be too much. Like given day-to-day life i mean it was already uh you know probably watching three to four hockey games a week like that that right there and then uh you know a couple soccer games that was enough for me like in terms of my schedule the idea that multiple like three or four sports that i care about are going to be going on at the same time is stress inducing just because i'll want to I want to watch a lot of it. You're going to have to cut back, dog. Yeah, if like MLS playoff games or NBA playoff games are going to be happening the same time as, you know, weeks one through seven NFL games, like I'm still probably going to pick the regular season NFL games over any of these playoff games, which I think is a shame because I think I'd normally tune in for some of those playoff games over. I mean, most of the NFL games are during the day, so your primetime games for playoffs will probably have a night schedule, so you might be able to get them all in, but like Sam said, it is a lot to fit in. I, I, I'm just trying to find ways where I can make it a positive, though. If the Reds and the Bengals are going on at the same time, of the year i can watch the reds on tuesday wednesday friday saturday and i can watch football on sunday monday and thursday and i couldn't think of a better week honestly than 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 watching than watching my two favorite sports and watching my two favorite teams at the same exact time but i get what sam is saying at the same time that it's kind of a sports overload where it's not just those two sports uh we 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 talk about also, NASCAR is back. We uh, we talk about golf coming back. And in the middle of November, they're supposed to have the Masters, which is normally in April. I see it as a good thing because I get to see the Masters in November. And then hopefully, as, as long as everything goes according to plan, I get to see the Masters again in April. So it's kind of like a bonus for me. But I understand where Sam's coming from, where it can be a sports overload and almost can be overwhelming. How cool would be if the Bengals and the Reds and other sports teams that are like close by like that 
were to offer like um if they were to schedule their games like back to back and then offer like a joint ticket where like once one game ended you could go to the next game think about how many people would be passed out basically dead at the in the banks which is that's the um i don't know what would you call that like the bar area down in cincinnati between the two stadiums well eric the banks might actually need it because the coronavirus almost put a lot of those businesses out of business because they basically relied on football ending and baseball starting to keep their businesses going and since nobody was allowed to go to them for three months and since there is no baseball the banks is struggling hard right now, so it certainly could use it. You would have to think that those com- those businesses would have to be receiving some kind of special help behind closed doors. Because I would imagine that rent space was extremely expensive to begin with. But if they're not getting anyone in there, I don't think those government grants were helping them out enough. I mean, places like Moreline obviously are selling beer and stuff. Right. So they still have some sort of income the restaurants probably had like a takeout business still that some people downtown probably use but some of your bars down there are definitely struggling well with the with the limited opening uh recently they're they're probably starting to come back obviously they're not where they need to be i think areas like the bank need sports back in a bad way even if they're only open to limited capacity and unfortunately, we still haven't heard anything from MLB. Well, we've heard some more rejections. So uh, I just I just read something earlier um, when we started this. I think I think what it is, it's going to be a two game miniseries where each team plays each team. Did we talk about this before? I was waiting for someone to laugh. Dude, yeah. you're a genius. Yeah, I know. Pretty smart. You should. uh when when you go back over this, you should do the but right after you say that. Mm. <laughs> um, so what I just read was that the MLB rejected the 114 game uh, proposal, which we kind of touched on the last episode. That both the owners and the MLB union kind of gave their gave their proposals, but they were both pretty extreme, and obviously the MLB project or uh, rejected the uh the owner's proposal and the owners did the same thing back so we might not see baseball this year and i've talked about it for a couple episodes that baseball is kind of a dying sport for uh younger fans they don't they just don't care for it it's not exciting enough and something like this if they don't come back they're going to be crushed by other sports like nascar like golf sports that certain fans might not watch they're going to watch other sports now because baseball has decided to bicker over money instead of coming back for you know the fans that want to watch it that's what i'm saying if if playoff basketball is on over a regular season reds game after they just bickered for four months like i think a lot of people are going to be like oh i'm going to watch playoff basketball I agree with you. And I'm not a basketball fan. And I don't know if you guys are. I, Nick, I know you follow it somewhat. Um, but we, we we generally don't follow it because there's not a team from Cincinnati. And that's more my thought process behind it. I follow teams that are from Ohio or teams that are from Cincinnati. And there's no team in the NBA from Cincinnati. So I don't truly follow the NBA. And we don't claim Cleveland. Um, yeah, yeah and, we try. And, yeah, I guess. I guess yeah, my bad. Cleveland, it, uh, hey, whatever. I don't, I don't claim the Browns. Anybody claims a LeBronless Cleveland Cavaliers? I just, like, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I, I truly don't. Just as a Cincinnati fan, I don't claim anything outside of Cincinnati. To be quite honest, like Ohio State, they can go fuck themselves. And I think a lot of you are on yeah. board with that. Anything north of that is even worse. So, um. I guess what I'm trying to say is that, that even like, worse. if baseball doesn't come back, I'm I'm always going to be a diehard baseball fan, and I love the Reds, and I will always follow them. And if there's not a season this year, if they come back next year, I'm going to follow the Reds. But I may pay more attention to the NBA this season because they actually made an attempt to come back and give the fans what they want. I think, honestly, MLB at this point might be 
ML butt. Bet. Major League <laughs> butts. Fuck yeah, Nick. I mean, when, that's when what it that should start? be called. <sighs> well, Eric, uh, next Tuesday is the first edition of the league. <laughs> I, think you, I think you can search that on Pornhub. Oh, Hashtag uh, that one. Let me try that one. <laughs> Major League butts. Well, we all know what Eric does while we're recording. Why do you think I've been so quiet? <laughs> a major um, league button over here. Richard Nick, did bring get, up get back something to your... that I am definitely choosing over a regular season NFL game, and that is the Masters on a Sunday. It's going to be right around Thanksgiving, though. Fucking... It's going to be... You're getting into playoff implications. and, and... Oh, Seriously, Eric? Yes. I, I, I wish and dude, I would say too. I enjoy golf I like the feel of it I like the vibe I would of it. Say, I just think watching it on TV is so boring and five years ago I would have totally agreed with you but for some reason in the last five years I've gotten so into golf and the Masters is like the creme de la creme of golf tournaments and let me be fair I've never actually sat down and watched golf it's normally when I come in on like a holiday, like a family holiday party, and someone has it on TV, and I'm just like, this is so fucking boring. You you got to pick somebody or that pick too. like I don't really. Know I cheer anything. I cheer for U.S. born players because I'm that asshole. Oh, uh, Nick's hey, the other R- asshole Richard who cheers for all the Spain players. Spain, yeah, that's Nick. Yeah, no, Nick's an a hole. Let, let me paint let me paint a picture for you, Eric. You go up to your lake house, you pop the Cherry. pop the Masters on. You pour your Pappy Van Winkle. You're sitting in your you boat shoes and your fucking khaki shorts and your pink polo, so and you're just passing out on the couch khaki cargos in your lake house, watching watching the Masters and counting your money. I mean, what could be a better Sunday? Are you saying that Richard and Richard and I are uh, wealthy? Because we're not. Yeah, we're not wealthy, and I don't wear but khaki we, cargos, but I do love really the enjoy golf and the Masters. We got, we gotta, get, we gotta get jobs. Then we get the khakis. Then we get the chips. <laughs> Tomorrow we gotta stop playing games. Your sister had sex with Squeak. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, I love basketball. I swear to God, if you guys call me a bitch, what did you say, Richard? Thirteen or fourteen more times, I'm out of here. <laughs> All right. Oh man! Stop, stop making fun of one of my favorite sports and talk more about golf. Let's go, Masters. Basketball. Richard, who you got this year? November Masters. Rory, baby, he's finishing off his Grand Slam. Rory's got no chance in the Masters. <laughs> don't don't dash my hopes. Even though he's not an American-born player, he's one of the few uh, non-American-borns that I cheer for. John Rom, John Rom, all the way. We have Stop a robotic uh, vacuum, and we call it yeah. Rory. Okay, why don't you cheer for Rory McIlroy? He's from Ireland. Isn't Conor McGregor from Ireland? He doesn't yes. make whiskey, though. That doesn't matter. There you go, Eric. You you have something to cheer for. Watch the Masters, and I guarantee you like it because you have somebody to cheer for. Who the fuck is that guy? Rory McIlroy. Also, Richard, did you get the email about Who getting back fuck? into fantasy base or golf? Cause... I did hear about it. Uh, Guess we're starting back up. Yeah, uh, I think we have till the middle of July to pay. But that's for another time. Uh, let's get back to some some sports that are coming back. What like what are you guys excited about? June twentieth, Syria is coming back. My beloved Roma. And, Tell me uh, about it. So they're coming back June twentieth. Um, like I like I've been saying in previous episodes, I've been wondering how many teams are going to benefit from all this time off with having some of their star athletes um, recovering. Coming, up, oh, yeah, like coming back, back from, from injury. Yeah. Nicolo uh, Zaniolo is coming back from Roma, which is huge. He's, he's easily their star, their, their young star. And obviously they need all the help they can get at this point. Cause they're sitting, I think like six, but they're, they're far behind in points. But I, I was reading like a lot of players are coming back in Syria. I think like Chiellini, Giorgio Chiellini is coming back. Uh, old old man Frank Ribery. I think I forget even who he, who he plays for. I think it's Fiorentina. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. He is so old. <laughs> he is old, but he, he plays for them and he, he's coming back. So 
He's not yeah, like really was, that old. I think he's like, thirty-seven, which is pretty old. Kind of old. And for for an athlete, especially really an athlete that's running up and down a pitch for ninety minutes. I'm sure he still got it for the most part, especially for a team like Fiorentina. But um, not many, not many, at least soccer players play past what I mean. Thirty-five is like the cutoff for most. Hey, to do hey it. Toddy made it past that. But look, not everyone's Toddy. That's true. So I haven't been following Syria this year. I'm assuming it's just n- another Juve runaway with the title. It's weird. Lazio is like two points. I don't. I don't know that for sure. They're like within a game of catching them. Napoli, I think, is below Roma. It's a very strange season. So, but they don't have it in the bag. But they'll probably win. I heard both of the Milan so teams biggest, were coming nope. back. They both look good. I think Inter Milan's actually in third. Maybe I should bring up the standings before I sound stupid. But um, I think they're in third. I know AC Milan was doing well early on. Yeah, AC Milan's in seventh place right now. Inter Milan's in third. So I mean, they're both doing decent. But Milan's kind of been in that 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 in that seventh place place area for the last few years. So like, am I in the am I in the minority when when I when I think about European soccer? And I see the same teams winning over and over again. And it's the same teams that have all the money. Like it, it, it's so off putting to me to watch the same teams win over and over again. It's like watching the Yankees in baseball and baseball is a, so something it's kind I don't of a, understand is the financial fair play. When I see all these, like you're saying, all these major teams buy all these huge stars back to back to back, they're winning all the time. And then my little baby team, Roma, goes over the cap just a little bit and they're getting fined. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand the rules or are they, are they bending them in front of your face or what? Part of it is that, and part of it's based off revenue and, so, so yeah, your big, big clubs, but then it's hard to see why a club like Barcelona, although Barcelona did just get suspended for a couple, I'm talking a couple seasons ago, they got suspended for a couple transfer windows yeah, where they, they weren't allowed though. to buy player. Well, they, they got away with it because they bought the players before their ban got imposed. And all the players came in. So they changed the date on the paperwork is what happened. So 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 it's a it's a a rich team getting slapped on the wrist and being and saying, you know, go go do what you're doing. But they already have a good team. Those are teams that can get away with not being in the transfer window for a few years because they've already got players locked in place. And by the time they get back into the transfer window, you know what I mean? Like they, they can just go out and spend again. They're. I I just don't understand it yeah, over like in, in European soccer. Is they're, they're, they have a bunch of second-rate players, and every time they have reports of like getting a, a really good player, there's always financial fair play in the same article, and I'm just and it just irritates the shit out of me. Richard, and another part of it for a lot of people is in European soccer, there's a lot of loyalty, regardless of how your team does. So, like, you're going to go all out for your team knowing they're going to finish between 14th and 20th in their league every year. Like, sure. It's kind of like rooting for a Cleveland team or the Reds a lot of years. You just know they're not going to do good, but you're still going to go support them. But like, like, I'm I'm a I'm a. And and I I mean this term loosely. I'm a fan of Borussia Dortmund, and I don't follow them as much as I would follow another team that I truly truly like. Um, just because I just know how it is. Uh, Bayern Munich wins that league every year because they pay all their players. And Dortmund is one of these teams. I don't even know how they do it. They just pump out young boys and turn them into studs. And you know what happens to those young boys? They get sent to Barcelona. They get sent to Bayern Munich. They get sent to Juventus. And it's just like, you can't really even develop a team like that. They're they're a feeder system for the clubs that have more money. And it's just almost not even enjoyable to watch. I don't know about that. You're like saying, oh, I'm pissed off at the Yankees when I'm the Boston Red Sox. 
Dortmund have a lot of money if you look at the Bundesliga. They're perennially where they are. I mean, I get the point, but I think what he's saying is they're working hard to get that, whereas the other teams are they just do they also loaded. spend a lot. I mean, they, they went and poached multiple players. A lot of what they do is they poach the players from the other clubs in the Bundesliga, and then Bayern poaches them, and then Barcelona poaches them. I mean, it it is a a feeder system, and unless you're in the top six or eight clubs in the world, you're going to be in that bottom rung. You're going to get poached. I mean, but who's going to poach me? Nobody's going to poach but you. But my right? my my ultimate the question is: dirties. you you just talked about you talked about the top six or eight clubs. Those are the teams that win everything. Whether it comes to the Premier League. That whether it comes to uh, Syria, whether it comes to all those leagues, and then even in Champions League, and it's just again, it's almost not even enjoyable to watch. It's the same teams that win the same shit over and over and over again. That's what I like about like football is like a team like the San Francisco 49ers who fucking sucked two years ago. Big time can can make a change in two years and become one of the best teams. The the the. 18th ranked team in Syria who might not get past or who might just barely get out of relegation and stay in the league is not going to win Syria the next year. You know what I'm saying? Yes and no. I mean, what what you just described though is except when Leicester did it. Yeah, I I mean, you can't go off just one occasion like that. So I do agree that like it is pretty repetitive. Oh, I know. I'm I'm mostly in agreement with Richard, but so Richard, you ha- you be- you're going to have an anomaly here and there, and uh, that's okay. And I, I absolutely love those stories when there's a team that comes out of nowhere and does something completely unexpected. That's awesome. But like Sam was just saying, like 99% of the time we get the same result or we get, if it's not the guy we thought it was going to be, it's the guy I mean, right you behind You just described him. college what football. Year was, well, that, Nick? was that three years ago? I think it was 2015, Eric. That was probably the most exciting uh, soccer and all European soccer, all the different um, leagues, in my opinion, in the last decade. And I don't even care for the team. It was just fun to see someone lower ranked do so well. You know how much I hate when when Ohio State plays their second game against fucking uh, Sister Mary of the Blind and they win 87 to nothing. Dude, fucking go on. Tell me. I'm let I'm letting you know, like it's just well, in a lot of these smaller schools mm-hmm. pay they 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 well they don't pay they they go play at Ohio State and they get a paycheck right right and they're like we're gonna get our asses beat but we're gonna get money towards our school so I understand that aspect of it but I can't stand watching teams like Alabama Clemson and and Ohio State and other t- schools like that you you turn on a football game and they win seventy seven to seven. It's just not even enjoyable to watch. Thought. They gave it all they could. They put in hundred percent. The victory was deserved. Richard. I love seeing I love seeing UC play Ohio State, but I'll tell you right now that UC will never play Ohio State at the University of Cincinnati because they pay UC to go play at Ohio State. And then we get our asses beat. And it is what it is, but it's just annoying to watch. Richard, money's a motherfucker, all right? Speaking of that, though, I understand like, that as well. I, I, I do find Especially it funny right now. that that is often what, what you're describing about the European leagues is often super off putting to Americans, and yet it is the most capitalistic way to run a sports league versus our society, who, like, very pro capitalism, but we're very happy that our sports leagues are completely kind of socialist NFL is a perfect example. It creates parody, but, um, you know, it, some would argue that it also rewards teams like the Bengals and keeps them from ever improving because they really don't need to. I mean, Mike Brown can just keep getting the same amount in revenue given how the league is set up and he doesn't have to spend more to improve his teams. Well, the well, the way the league is set up is is that well, the yeah. owners are always going to profit out of this. Like, like the 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 best teams. If you think if you try to compare like 
the Patriots, who have been a dominant team, to if they were over in Europe, you would think that like every single player on the Patriots was making millions upon millions of dollars if, if it was like European soccer. But it's not. There's a salary cap. And at the end of the day, they have to fit in that salary cap. Whether they're doing well or not, and you know who's winning there? Robert Kraft. It doesn't matter kind of kind of what they're doing. Whether they, they win the Super Bowl, Robert Kraft wins it, you know, he gets a ton of money. But the players all still kind of make the same. So I kind of get what you're saying there. Another thing for the European part is they don't have a playoffs. And if you took your regular season... You're all about no playoffs forever. If you took your regular season champion in the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, it would be the same teams year after year after year after year. Like, I think that the American sports would have less parity if you just took the regular season champion as their champion. But you know what makes you more money? A playoff system. Well, I mean, would you think that would be something that European soccer could bring some fans in? I mean, they have a huge number of fans anyways. I mean, the Champions League and the World Cup do just fine. The 18th ranked team right now, I can't tell you who it is, in the Premier League, they're, they're diehard fans. They, they don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's going to bring any more fans in. I think fans are loyal as shit over in Europe. And I don't think it's going to change anything, whether you changed it to a playoff system or you just kind of left it where it was. Well, I think Europe does it right. Like, most European soccer leagues do it where they, you know, the league is one thing. And then they have their their side tournaments like the FA Cup or the Carling Cup, yeah, the Copa have, Italia, they, yeah, the Copa Italia. They have all their their side tournaments, and I think that kind of gives that gives you your your tournament style because tournaments are fun. I think everyone loves tournaments, sure. and it's also a second chance. And I feel like tournaments are anyone can win a tournament. You know what I mean? Even like a smaller team might have a better chance at winning a tournament rather than playing thirty something games and becoming league champs. Also, what what do European fans have outside of soccer? Cricket night. Rugby. Well, that's what I'm saying. People are so brand loyal true. over in Europe They've to soccer cricket, because rugby, it's all they fucking have. Cricket, so, rugby, golf, it truly F1, is tennis. It's what, a lot more what individual do they have? sports, but they follow those sports just as much. Basketball is getting a lot bigger. Basketball. Handball. Handball. I guess what I should say is, what's the biggest sport well, soccer over there? by far, but soccer soccer is the biggest sport globally, sure. dude. Except in Australia, that? they don't give a fuck. Who's jerking it? That's Lily. Lily, quit. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Eric found that butt site. That's what Eric named his no, penis, dude, <laughs> Lily. Lily's, Lily's jerking me off. <laughs> Jesus quit, Christ! Quit wagging your tail, Lils. Your dick is a tail? Leave my dick alone, Lily. <laughs> Major League Butts has made Lay its down. appearance. <laughs> you search Major League Butts and then Lily shows up. <laughs> okay, so UFC is still relevant. And I know that Eric likes to talk about it. The rest of us don't. So go ahead and fucking talk to us about it, asshole. I apologize beforehand. All right, so did you guys hear about... You guys know who John Jones is? No. I believe... Yeah, I know about John Jones. I've heard the name. I think his brother's playing the NFL. He was the light heavyweight champion. Was, right, because that's why I'm bringing it up. Him and Dana White got into an argument over what I'm hearing is money. He wants more money. Um, And I think what... I, I also read this on an article, so I'm not sure what it is, but supposedly after all of his fights... He made seven point five million dollars, and aside from like your Conor McGregor's and your other big name UFC stars, he's right up there with them. Do you guys think that seven point five million dollars is enough for a star of a sport? Not over the course of his career. That's what I, that's what I read, and look, I mean, 
I didn't do much research, but it was in one of the articles in regards to this whole topic. Are you sure that wasn't just like his last purse? That's what I was thinking when I read it. And I, that, according to this article, that's what he's made up to this date based on fights. Well, I mean, for his career as a champion and one of, I think, the most recognizable names in the sport, I would say that that is absurdly low. Right. So that's what I was thinking. And here, I'm looking at right now, his net worth right now is $10 million as of 2020. So that kind of would, you know, add up to what the UFC's paid him. Because I think he's sponsored by Nike, Gatorade. So I'm sure he's made, you know, just, you know, I'm sure his career is large outside the UFC as well. So if he's only worth $10 million altogether, then I think the $7.5 million is probably accurate. And I think that's just crazy. Let's think about how big UFC's gotten since John Jones has been around. What was it, four like, years ago? I think Dana sold to a Chinese, I think it was a Chinese company for $4.2 billion. And since then, they've struck a deal with ESPN. They're a, it, the sport's grown tremendously in the last, let's say the last decade, but in the last five years, I would say it's 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 huge. Because he was talking about getting Deontay Wilder money, but they they really c- kind of said that he was wanting half that. And Wilder, if you don't know, is a professional boxer. Right. He gets about $30 million a fight. And John Jones was like, I think, uh, you know, like even half that would be fair. And, I mean, like I said before, these guys are probably only fighting one or two times a year so accurate yeah as a headliner in your sport that is worth billions and billions of dollars 30 million a year is probably not that big of a deal oh dude yeah i easily think they should be easily a ton more than that when, when when you just in the just the gates alone, they're bringing in out of, again. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but those I think like a like a a cheap ticket to those events. I know we're not they're not having live events now, but before they were, I think it was like two hundred and fifty bucks, and that's for the nosebleeds. Like you know, they're bringing in a ton of money, and that sports based it, it's it makes most of its money on pay per view. So I think it's absurd not to pay these at least the major athletes more than what they're getting paid. I think some of these fights are getting over half a billion dollars per pay-per-view, like some of the larger title fights, which I yeah. think John Jones would be fighting in. So to give him less than a tenth of the profit when he is the headliner for that fight, it seems pretty absurd. But they they don't white basically said you're not as marketable as some of my other stars like which i do think is true go ahead leave what? like you're a good fighter but i can't advertise you as well as other guys well dana said on multiple occasions that john jones may be the best ever in the sport dana likes john jones do you think that maybe this fight has come from maybe um even like more payment um, cuts from the virus and maybe john jones just wasn't cool with that maybe they were talking about signing a contract or some fight and then they brought that to the table and john jones is like you don't pay me enough as it is that's kind of what i'm thinking yes and no like obviously i think they're gonna be cutting back because of the virus but they only really lost like one major event because of this right the april fight Right, and the the event that they lost, they rescheduled a month later, and it made just as much money. Yeah, I mean, I think because of if the lack more. of other sports, they're right. getting a lot more pay-per-view hits, right. which means they're not... I mean, sure, they're missing out on the gate, but the week of that fight, it was the only thing going in sports, and it had a lot of hits from people that don't normally watch UFC because they were like, hey... It's on. It's something. I mean, when a guy can rent an entire island and build an infrastructure for a potential fight place that he's probably never going to use now 
because of you know all the travel bans are kind of loosening up at least as of now you know the fucking company has money and i do think it's kind of insulting not to pay your best so if your best if, athletes if john jones was like hey i'm pissed off about this where does he go to make money like what other fighting competition that's a problem i mean if you don't have any place Nowhere. to go you can pay him as little as you want right dana knows it's a monopoly and it, and it is very wild in ufc like they think they have leverage all of these fight all these stars but they don't even conor mcgregor doesn't and dana told and dana said it to him and you've seen it he disappeared and the sport still start continued to grow well conor mcgregor but had a little they're bit making of money right they're making good money i i mean the the larger star so if you think 7.5 million fight or million dollars out of um What's his record? Let's say I don't know what his, I don't have his record in front of me, but let's say he's fought in ten UFC fights, seven point five million total. Do you and he's top five most known f- fighter? Do you think that's a fair a fair wage? Not at all. I don't honestly. Think so yeah, like these these guys fighters literally are putting their lives on the line every time they go out there. We've seen what concussions in football can do to guys. Like, it can literally drive you insane. Like, you're dying in your 40s and your 50s. You have a limited career as a UFC fighter. So you gotta get paid while you're in it. I know it's your choice profession. And if your boss is worth $5 billion, and you've only got... Seven million over the course of your career, and you're one of the stars. Yeah, it's a big problem. That's that's a problem. Yeah, man. Sure. He's twenty six and one, and I think the the one loss everyone is wasn't that a bad decision or something? It was a bad decision or something because a lot of people would still say that he's undefeated. Um, but twenty six fights, and and he's like I said, a huge star. And only has seven point five million, and I hope I'm right with that <laughs> because this whole conversation could be worthless. But I'm pretty sure I read that, and he's upset, so it makes sense. I, I, it makes you wonder what the other fighters are getting paid because some of those people, you know, they had nothing two years ago. So when then when you go from having living on the streets, literally fighting to make a living, and then two years later you're in the UFC and you're a star and you have five million dollars in your bank account, you. I don't know what you would think. I mean, in one hand, you're thinking like, oh, I'm a millionaire. This is awesome. You know, I'm doing what I wanted to do and I'm a millionaire. But on the other hand, you're like, I'm a huge asset to this company at this moment. I deserve more. And at the same time, I think the athletes themselves are the one paying their trainer, paying their coaches, right. paying their medical staff. Correct. UFC is just getting all the Dana White and the rest of the guys that, run the thing or getting all the money and the athlete themselves is the one like on a football team tom brady's getting his 30 million and the owner's still paying the guys that take care of him right it's the mid-tier fighters that kind of baffle me the ones that are all in because they know that they have a shot at making it big but they have to pay their whole staff like you were saying but i think the lower fighters they come from a gym and they all kind of know their roles and this fight is kind of more of a vacation. Whereas like a mid-tier fighter thinking that they're going to become something great. They're devoted. They got a team. They're solely working on just this guy. And they got so many dudes that they all have to be paid. And the only way they're getting paid is if they, if the UFC pays them. And then if they win, I get the, the you know, the, the, the fighters in the prelims, they got to prove themselves. I don't know what they get paid, but I would imagine it's not much. I think what we say, yeah, UFC is a monopoly. Like, where else are these fighters going to go? But if all the big fighters say, hey, we're not making enough money, they look, start look, their own are, league. There are, there, no, there, I mean, there's like, Bellator. There's, there's a few other leagues. I think Bellator is probably right behind UFC. And some fighters do. do I, I, they do drop down to Bellator. I think Eddie Alvarez was one of the biggest stars to do it in the most recent years. And there's, you know, uh, but I think it's the same story. I just don't think they get my, paid enough. That, yeah, my, 
my question is if you're not making the money you think you want to make in UFC, what are you going to make when you drop down a league? Yeah, it's going to be less. It's going to be it's going to be less for and, sure. Unless you are like a John Jones maybe. Maybe Bellator would be like, "Hey, you come over here and we'll pay you more." But then John Jones is thinking about his legacy then at that point. He's like, "I can I'm literally being in talks of being the best fighter of all time. And if I go to the Bellator, I might make a few more millions, but my my record and my name goes to shit. But what I'm saying is if all your stars get into an agreement and let's say you get a Bellator fight Have with you listened to any John Jones with any of these fighters, none of them are going yeah, to come into agreement. <laughs> but, but that's why I know. But if, if it can get them three times as much money, four times as much money, if they start yeah, getting sure. boxer paydays, because UFC, I think it's more views than boxing now. Like, except maybe your Mayweather fights, but the boxers are getting 50% of the pay-per-view. Like we just said, John Jones is getting probably less than 5% of it when it's all said and done. All right, so I just Googled how much is UFC paid John Jones. Uh, according to the Sports Daily, um, Jones published that his career earnings from the UFC fights are is only $7.2 million to the date. Yeah, I saw that too when I was Googling. I got some more facts on your uh, other questions. It's it's pretty surprising. Uh, you're looking at MLS numbers for your average UFC fighter. So um, an early preliminary fighter gets paid between 10 and 20K a fight. And it says that the average UFC fighter earns about $138,000 a year. Now, Average to me, like if you include Conor McGregor in the average, he brings that number up quite a bit. So I'm not sure yeah, if that's yeah, if that's sure. like the median or the average, but either way, you're looking at MLS salaries for most of these UFC fighters, which is actually surprising to me. I mean, yeah, given what you're saying about the the potential need to pay a team you're not really left with much probably after you're doing that. If you're an average fighter, there are so many fights and there are so many fighters though. Like if there, you gotta think about it. There's a fight each week, you know, televised and there, those are the fight nights. And only about once every month and a half, there is the, um, like this weekend's UFC 250. And then 249 was when Tony Ferguson fought Gaethje. Last time I was talking about the UFC. So those events don't happen, and those are the pay-per-view events. So those fights don't happen often. Those are the big fights, but weekly they have fight nights, and there's still, you know, a lot of fights going on with a ton of fighters. And so I, I guess I, and I'm, and my question to you, when you said the prelims, them, them getting paid that amount, is that for pay-per-view events or is that for fight nights? It, it, it doesn't say in this article, but this article does go on to say that. Only 187 fighters earned more than $100,000 in 2018. So this is a little bit old. And then 37% of UFC fighters earn less than the average American salary, which this is quoted as saying is 45K. So you got a decent amount, really not making all that much. And then it sounds like very few actually get into, Hey, I'm making decent money, uh, to fight. So, and dude, you can, when a fighter's career is over with and you never knew they fought. And if you were looking at them face to face, you could tell they were a fighter. And I'm saying that because that sport fucks you up, both physically, mentally, everything. Eventually, especially if you're not very good, it's going to take a large toll on you. And those numbers are kind of depressing. Yeah, for sure. That's why I never really, particularly with football players, I think the average football player is probably underpaid. If you look at some of the guys who are journeymen in the NFL and you think, oh, you know, you're an NFL player, you made it, you'll never have to work again in your life. A lot of those guys only have careers for four or five years. A lot of them sustain, as Nick said, 
potentially injuries that will make it pretty hard for them when they hit their fifties and sixties to get out of bed, to do a lot of your basic functions. And once they get taxes and all the other things associated with the league kind of taken out of their, their paycheck, they're probably set, but it's not the life of luxury that you think they're living, given that they have to stretch that sum of money out for the rest of their life. Oh, for sure. All right. Well, I will end the UFC rants with um, uh, Tyron Woodley lost last Saturday. Rest in peace. You're old. I think you're done, brother. Dude, but seriously, fuck baseball. For real. Yo, why can't baseball figure this out? I think they'll figure it out. I, I think they're playing hard, hardball with each other. But if you look at the numbers, the numbers you play hardball? meet perfectly. I'm game. <laughs> look, a goose. <laughs> you know what? Never mind. Y'all got jades. <laughs> no, keep Y'all going, Sam. I love now. it. Do it. Y'all got jades. Fuck you, Sam. Excuse keep going. Me? Kill me? You got jades. No, Sam, tell me what you think. Motherfucker. I was just going to say, if you look at the player's proposal, if you look at the owner's proposal, Meeting perfectly in the middle would be 50% of their pay, half a season. I think that's where it's going to end up. Well, and that's what that's what I try to touch on on last last episode was that each proposal from the players union and from the owners were going to be to the extreme because that's exactly what they want. But then they can take each extreme and kind of intertwine them and kind of meet in the middle. I think baseball will come back this year and I hope baseball comes back this year because I'm a gigantic baseball fan, but say it. I, 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 I just don't see, I just don't see baseball not coming back with the rest of the sports coming back. I just don't see it happening. But wasn't like the half game 50% obvious from the beginning, like, Hey, we're going to miss April. Hey, we're going to get, miss may we're probably be gonna need a um, three weeks to a month to train oh we can start maybe in early july oh what's that the midway point of the season there's there's some fine details in there that have to do with money that we're not talking about there and that's truly what they're 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 arguing over it's not about games played. It's yeah, about you know money. losing money. And, that, and that's why everybody fucking hates baseball right now, because every other team's trying to come back. They're not bickering over money. They're just like, let's play sports. And let's figure this shit out along the way. And baseball's like, fuck that. Pay me money or we don't want to pay you money. And they're going to lose fans because of it. Yeah, but I think the MLB owners are asking the players to take a much bigger cut than some of the other leagues. I mean, the MLS is playing a a one-month tournament, and they're only making their players take a 10% pay cut. So that's that's an easy deal. In my mind, that's a really easy deal. Like, yeah, I got to go stay in Orlando with my teammates, hang out for a month, play a bunch of soccer, and then I'm done. And I get 90% of my pay. You would take that deal any day of the week. Sure. But so I get, I get that. Like Mike, let's just use Mike Trout. This is the example I want to use. He's getting paid. I don't even know his contract. It's close to half a, a half a billion dollars. So the dudes, and, and it's all guaranteed. The dude's going to get his money eventually. But what I'm saying is, would you tell as a CEO of your company, the your 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 best employee to take a seventy percent pay cut and still do the full job, no. And then and then him just be like, just deal with it. So like we we want to we want to bitch about Mike Trout, uh, because he's making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. But if you're the best at your at your craft. You shouldn't have to take a 75% pay cut. It's kind of a fucking joke. It's a slap in the face to players like Mike Trout, even if it is a guy making millions of dollars. Like he, he earned his money. Oh no, I, I, I completely am on the same page with that. I think that's why you're getting more resistance as the MLB as a, as a league relies much more on gate revenue than 
other leagues. And so it asks players to take a much bigger pay cut. And, and that's, that's really the, the rub here is like, yeah, no, Mike Trout shouldn't have to take a, a 70% pay cut, particularly, I, I don't know his contract structured or, or how they plan to enforce this, but if a lot of that money was guaranteed and they're, now they're like, eh, you know what, we're not going right. to honor this contract. Like, how often do they make others honor their contract as owners when they're in shitty situations? So, you know, I, I like I said, it's billionaires fighting with millionaires. I don't think given what what's going on, sure. anybody's going to have too much sympathy for both sides. But if I were to pick a side, I'm usually going to err on the side of the players because I think owners are going to make their money. Dude, anyone, I mean, anyone could own a sports team and make money. It is the easiest way to sure. make money on the planet. But can we replace this, this scenario Instead of it being Mike Trout, can we replace it with, let's say, Bryce Harper? Fuck Bryce Harper. Okay, like Eric, take, you're a goddamn asshole. I can't even stand you right now. I want to take a skull shaver, www.skullshaver.com, and shave his hair off right down the middle so he looks like Hey Arnold. So he didn't look like as much of a douchebag? Yeah. But he'd not. still look beautiful to me. Stranger things. So, Sam, you were talking about guaranteed con- how much of his contract is guaranteed. Baseball is 100% guaranteed contracts. Whatever Mike Trout is getting paid over his 10 or 12 years or whatever his contract is, he's getting paid no matter what. So the big issue with the owners is that they're, uh, they don't want to defer payments because it collects interest. But there are so many players in baseball like take Bobby Bonilla as an example, who's who's been getting paid by is it, yeah, the, the, is Mets. it the Mets? Yeah, yeah. It's Am the I Mets. right there? Yeah. He's, he's been getting paid one point five by... million a year from the Mets. Correct. He's been out of so, baseball like, for so, fifteen plus years. Poor John so, Jones. So so baseball has been baseball has been all about deferring payments forever. King Griffey Jr. is still on the payroll for the Cincinnati King, Reds. King Griffey Jr. Yeah. He hasn't played for was, years. Was the Reds' so my fifth qu- most paid player two years ago? <laughs> Have you guys seen that batting stance? Are we kidding? No, I'm totally on board, and I believe that the Reds should just pay him to the end of time. I'm okay with that. Four but <laughs> love the Sandlot reference. Um, but what I'm saying is, why are the owners so against deferring payments now when deferring payments to players over the years has been so just commonplace why why is that such an issue now because it's everybody they're just deferring payments for a year i i, I just don't understand are they people they's always people's too well richard i think that has to do with one of your main points major league baseball is losing fans and fast and the owners are scared because like sam said they got easy money if you own a sports team you got easy money Sure. But not if all the fans go away. But you would think the owners got to know if they don't come back this year, they're going to lose certain fans. Like I said, I talked about being a diehard fan, and I said it already earlier in this episode, that if baseball doesn't come back this year, that next year I'll still be there. There's people out there right now that are kind of on the fence, Cincinnati Reds fans, or kind of on the fence, Baltimore Orioles fans, or whatever. that won't be back next year if baseball doesn't resume this year. And owners got to think of, they got to take that into account when they're, they're, they're bickering, bickering over money. Look, there's nothing more American than baseball. If I can't have a baseball, it's America's pastime. If I can't have a baseball cap, then I don't want to live. So a baseball will be, you junk. need one for that bald ass head. Skullshaver.com. Get you one. I do. But um, baseball will be just fine. But Richard, let's 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 lighten up this a little bit and let's end this episode with um, what 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 did you just do today? Where where did you come from? You were excited about it before the show and you didn't talk about it. Um, so I got my first ever chance. We talked about it in past episodes about how me and Nick are members at Fernbank Golf Course, Fernbank Country Club, as I like to call it. And for the first time ever, I got to sub in an actual league and it was an honor 
and I checked it off my bucket list. Mm, and I got nice. to play at mm. the Fernbank Country Club. Eric, tell me how you're upset about it. I'm upset because I wasn't there. What does that even mean? So where was my sub invite? Did Jeremy play? I'm not even sure why I'm upset. No, no, I'm the only one. Put your name on the sub list. I got to play with Gary Gross. Nick, you know what that's like. Hell yeah, Gary. Shout out champion. to my guy, Gary. Why are we in a golf league? What does it take to get into a Fernbank golf league? We could, we, we truly Years could. Years of a waiting list. Yeah, Monday nights are open. We truly could start our own. Monday nights are open. We truly could start our own. Let's do it. Our own league or our own like team or how does it work? A league. I don't want to start our own league. That sounds dumb. What the fuck do you want then? It'll be like starting a podcast and having zero followers. No one will join us. It'd be like starting a podcast oh, during a pandemic follows. where sports aren't going on and we're talking about sports. <laughs> Feeling good. Great. Keep going, Jimmy. Jimmy. And it's like if you were over in Europe and you wanted the rest of your friends to have jades, you would just pay for it. We will see you later. <laughs>